Blog Talk Radio. My name is James Brandt, and I'm coming to you live from Clarkston, Michigan this morning. I have a word that I believe is going to fire you up, fire you up to ignite revival everywhere you go. But before I get started with the word of God today, I want to give you a couple of, of announcements here. Uh, this Sunday, March 24th, I'm going to be doing a revival experience in the Detroit, Michigan area. Specifically, I'm going to be at the Concord Inn in Rochester Hills, Michigan. A revival experience. That is exactly what it is. When you come to these meetings, you are going to be filled with the Word of God. You are going to sit in an atmosphere in the presence of God. And those two combinations, I'm telling you, they are explosive. So if you feel like you need a spiritual jump start, I want you, and you're in the Detroit area or wherever you're at, I want you to get to Rochester Hills, Michigan. This Sunday night, the meeting begins at 7 p.m. Also, Los Angeles, California area. I'm coming back out for a revival experience. I'm going to be in Santa Ana, California on Sunday, Sunday morning, April 21st. The meeting begins at 9 a.m. Usually I've been doing Saturday night meetings, but because of a conflict of schedule with the hotel, the conference room that I use, we have to do a Sunday morning service, but that's cool. Uh, You know what? As a Christian, you just better get used to change, okay? I mean, if you're stuck in tradition, you're not going to go anywhere. You're exactly that. You are stuck. So we are going to try doing a revival experience in the Los Angeles, California area in Santa Ana at the Courtyard Marriott, Sunday, April 21st at 9 a.m. Also, um, Saturday night, May 4th, mark your calendars, Saturday night, May 4th at 6 p.m., me and Marianne Marsh, a powerful woman of God who preaches the word with boldness and just has the heart to, for the presence of God and the power of God. I'm telling you, it's going to be powerful. It's an extreme glory and fire conference. This conference is going to be held at Spring of Life Church in Mayville, Michigan, uh, just to the northeast of the Flint, Michigan area, just to the north of the Lapeer, Michigan area, uh, right in the thumb, 
of Michigan. So I'm telling you, this conference is going to be powerful. This is the first conference that me and Marianne have done together, and it is going to be explosive. I mean, already my spirit is just doing somersaults with expectation. I believe the Holy Ghost is going to show up in a mighty way. And again, that is at Spring of Life Church in Mayville, Michigan. So Detroit, Michigan, Los Angeles, California, and Mayville, get ready. Get ready to experience revival. For more information about our uh, events, go to jamesbrant.org, or you can also get there through revivalchristian.org. Powerful, powerful times in the Lord. Like I said, when you when you combine the preaching of the Word of God with of the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, there is going to be an explosion in your spirit. I am believing God for miracles, signs, wonders, and for lives to be changed, people to come to Christ. You have people who, who aren't even saved, get them to these meetings. I promise you, the presence of God is going to be powerful. It's going to be overwhelming. And you will experience revival. Now, for today's message, what I want to talk about today, I want to talk about spiritual warfare. Whether you want to believe it or not, as a Christian, you are in a spiritual battle. You are. Many Christians want to ignore that fact. They, they don't want to have anything to do with it. But I'll tell you this right now. The moment that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you were enlisted as a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say that again. The moment that you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you were enlisted into the army of God, a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you why. Because everything that God loves, Satan hates. Everything that God hates, Satan loves. Are you hearing me? And because God loves you, anything that is part of God's creation, first of all, the enemy hates. But specifically, when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the enemy is going to try to come against you, and there is a battle. There is a war that is raging on this earth right now. I mean, even, even the battle against Christianity, turn on the news. Watch the news. Look at all this junk that is raising up in the world and, and, and the battle that's coming against the Word of God. The government, every, they're trying to get everything having to do with God, everything having to do with His righteous standards, everything having to do with His Word. They are trying to get rid of it. And I'm telling you right now, You know who's behind that, the enemy. Because Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, if you have your Bibles, open up to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly places. That scripture right there is telling you and I that our battle is not a natural battle. It's not, it's not a battle in the natural. But in fact, it is a spiritual battle. L let me let you in on something here. You are first and foremost a spiritual being. You possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. But the real you is a spirit being. The real you, your spirit being, is the one that's going to live on for eternity. Whether in heaven, if you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, 
or you're going to live in hell, eventually thrown into the lake of fire for eternity without Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. So because you are a spiritual being, you need to be aware of what is taking place in the spiritual. In fact, I'm going to go as far to say this. The Bible talks about, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, about being a carnal Christian. What is a carnal Christian? A carnal Christian is one who only looks and focuses on the natural, and they avoid the spiritual aspect. Well, I'll tell you right now, a carnal Christian, one who avoids the spiritual aspect, the spiritual battle that's raging... Those Christians are miserable, and they're getting their butts kicked everywhere they go. Why? Because, listen to me, everything that manifests in the natural has a root in the spirit realm, in the spiritual. So, listen, carnal Christians... You're on dangerous ground. If you're only you, – you have a dispute with someone. You ha, you, you're going through a battle right now. If you're only trying, trying to focus on things in the natural, you, you're, you're coming up with all this offense and unforgiveness and bitterness toward a person. Guess what? Satan has you deceived already. There's something else behind that that's going on in the realm of the spirit, and you are choosing to ignore that aspect, and you're going for the carnal. And Satan has you deceived. Well, this message, I want to wake you up to the fact that there is a spiritual war that's being waged on this earth, and you need to get in the ring, my friend. You need to get in the ring. And, and listen, we as Christians need to be on the offensive against the enemy. Too many Christians are on the run away from the enemy. Why is that? Because there's lack of knowledge. There's a lack of knowing who you are, a lack of knowing your identity in Christ. That's a problem. Many Christians have identity conflict going on here, identity crisis that's going on. And so they are on the run away from the enemy. When we have enough word to know what we need to do. Today I want to talk about some passages of Scripture that will help you in the area of spiritual warfare. These verses that I'm, I'm, I want to bring up to you, they are ammunition for the battle, the spiritual battle that we are in. Again, it has nothing to do with the natural realm. You start doing something spiritual, you start uh, coming against the, the enemy in the spirit realm, I guarantee you your situation, your trial will begin to turn in the natural realm. Why? Because everything that happens in the natural realm, what you see with your physical eyes, has a root in the spirit realm. Now listen, of course Satan and demonic spirits, they hate the whole word of God from Genesis to Revelation. But there are certain passages that directly address them and our authority over them as Christians. There have been times when I've been ministering deliverance. And I've used these scriptures over and over again, and it caused the demonic spirits that were in these individuals just to be furious with anger and rage. Why? Because these scriptures hit a spiritual nerve in the enemy. Spiritual warfare ministry is, is uh, how would I say it, is one of my specialties. I've been in, in the spiritual warfare deliverance ministry now for over 13 years. Had some wonderful, and still do have some wonderful mentors in that area. So I, I, I feel that I can help you, bring you up to a place 
where you can stop running away from the enemy, but have enough boldness and knowledge of who you are in Christ, which we can only get from the written word of God and know, to know that. So you can start putting the enemy on the run. You be on the offensive. You have the ball. You run with it. Are you hearing me? So you will never be able to win this battle against the forces of darkness by the weapons in the natural realm. Again, it can only be won by spiritual means. A spiritual battle can only be won by spiritual means. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. I want to lay a foundation here for you. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, talking about the Christian, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, there's that thought life again, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Have you ever known a person who they were an unbeliever, and they, were, they knew that they were being attacked by evil beings, as they would call them. And then they would put up crucifixes. They would put up gargoyles uh, in the driveway in front of their house to scare away any evil spirits. Or they buried objects in the ground so that a piece of property would sell, that, that it would get rid of some kind of a curse because this property was not selling or how about an unbeliever who, who knows they have they, – they know they have demons who go to psychics. They go to witch doctors for an exorcism. Listen to me. You cannot fight witchcraft with witchcraft. You cannot fight the occult with the occult. Jesus said it this way. Satan cannot cast out Satan. The only power to defeat the power of the devil is in the name of Jesus – the blood of Jesus, and the word of God. And the power of God is manifested against the enemy by your faith in the name of Jesus, by your faith in the blood of Jesus, and your faith in the written word of God. So now I want to give you some scriptures that you need to pay close attention to in the area of spiritual warfare and in the area of deliverance. Number one, Luke 10, verse 19. Luke 10, verse 19. Jesus said this. He said, Behold, I give to you, to his disciples, I give to you, Authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all of the power of the of power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Satan and demonic spirits they hate this scripture because it specifically talks about our authority over them, and not only that, but it guarantees our protection as a Christian. When we are on the offensive against the enemy. Did you hear me? It speaks of our authority over the enemy, and it guarantees protection against the enemy. When we walk in faith and dare to confront the enemy, there is nothing that they can do that will harm us. It's when we shrink back with fear intimidation, and fail to boldly confront the forces of evil that we are susceptible to Satan's attacks. Are you hearing me? Jesus said, behold. That word behold is saying, look, listen, don't miss this point. That's one of the strongest words that Jesus could have used at that time. Behold. Open your ears. Listen to me. 
He's saying we have nothing to fear against the enemy because he has given us his authority. Do you realize that? It's his. He delegated his authority to us as Christians. That is amazing. My question is this. Are you using it? And if you're not, I guarantee you, you are feeling the effects of it. Are you hearing me? He gave us authority for a reason. See, Jesus just doesn't give us something for no reason. It's, this salad bar uh, Christianity thing has got to go. Well, I'll take some of this. I'll take some of that. No, I don't want any of this because I don't like that. Well, you know. No, no, listen to me. It has got to go. We need to be on the offensive and put the enemy to flight in the name of Jesus. And I'll be back in a moment. And I'm live from Clarkston, Michigan, pulling down strongholds in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to take you back where it talks about the thoughts. The thought life is extremely, extremely important. I can't get away from. You cannot teach Christianity. You cannot teach spiritual warfare without talking about the thought life. Your thought life, your mind, is the battlefield, and that's where the enemy tries to put thoughts in your head and, and tries to, to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. What is that talking about? Whenever a thought comes into your mind that seems to exalt, exalt itself against the written word of God, that's why it's so important you need to know, you need to read, not only read, but you need to feed on the written word of God. Jesus came against the enemy in the wilderness with the word of God saying, it is written, and he spoke it. And he had to do it a few times. Are you hearing me? You need to keep the, the, the written word of God is our ammunition. But you need to know who you are in Christ. If you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't know what you possess in Christ, the enemy is going to have a field day with your lack of knowledge of who you are. So the second passage that I want to bring up, give you more spiritual ammunition against the enemy, is Romans chapter 8, 
verse 1. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk or live according to the flesh or fleshly desires, which are contrary to what the Holy Ghost wants, but according to the Spirit. Satan and demonic spirits hate this scripture because it liberates God's people from condemnation and from self-condemnation. Intimidation by false guilt is one of the devil's most frequent tactics. Are you hearing me? I'm telling you, working in the deliverance ministry for over 13 years, this is one of the greatest attacks of the enemy against believers. It's one of the strongest bondages and strongholds of the enemy. For one reason or another, Satan has individuals deceived into believing that there is no hope for them. He has them, listen to this, he has them deceived into thinking that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is not strong enough or sufficient enough to wash away their sins, to wash away their past. Are you hearing me? Condemnation says this. There is no hope. You're doomed. That's from the enemy. But listen to this. The opposite side of the coin is conviction. Conviction from the Holy Spirit will always point to the Lord Jesus Christ and the cleansing power of his blood as the way out of your sin. Are you hearing me? Let me say that again. Conviction from the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus and the cleansing power of his blood as the way out of your sin. You see, there is no such thing as a hopeless situation. There is no such thing as a hopeless case for the Christian. The Word of God says in Proverbs, it says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Think about that. Hope deferred or hope that is pushed away makes the heart sick. In other words, the Word of God is saying this, that hope is available for any situation. Every situation, there's always hope. But you have a choice to make. You can either receive it or you can defer it. You can push it away. This scripture points out for those who are living a life of obedience to the word, there is no condemnation. Now listen to me. The word condemnation is very interesting. A lot of people just think when they hear the word condemnation, they think of being condemned to hell forever. But let me, let me shine a different light on how this condemnation, this word condemnation can be used against the Christian, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, condemnation, if you're condemning yourself, it means that you are useless, that you cannot be used by God. You're condemning yourself. You, you're, you're judging yourself as being too broken to be used. It's kind of like a house that's been condemned or an apartment complex that's been condemned. What does that mean? It means that it's broken to the point that this is no longer usable. And many Christians, this is the lie of the enemy. Because of your past or because of, of, of a mistake, even since being a Christian, that you are no longer usable. God cannot use you. Well, my friend, I'm here to tell you that is an absolute lie. I mean, look at Peter himself. He denied the Lord Jesus Christ three times. Are you hearing me? Peter denied Jesus three times. But it's interesting, after the resurrection of Jesus, he came back. Peter was out, out on the beach. Jesus came walking out, and he asked, he asked Peter three questions. 
Are you hearing me? Three questions that gave Peter another chance to have a do-over. Are you hearing me? So you need to stop thinking that God cannot use you because of your past. Yeah, yeah, I know you probably did some stupid things like we all have in our past before becoming a Christian. And yes, yay, (laughs) even when you were a Christian, we've done stupid things. I know this. I know that. But listen to me. The enemy would love to keep you in that mind frame of condemnation or self-condemnation. You are usable. God wants to use you. If God can use Peter, who denied him three times, guess what? Peter's the one who got out of the boat and he walked on water. You can walk on water too. It doesn't matter where you've been. You know what? It takes a split second. To confess your faults, confess your sin to God right now, and to have a new beginning. You can have a new beginning right now. Do it right now. Why wait? Don't even wait till this broadcast is over. Do it right now. Father God, I pray for all those right now. I know the Holy Ghost is touching many that are listening to this either live or to the archive broadcast. Father, I pray for that person right now. Those individuals, I pray that your Holy Ghost would come upon them in power, in a mighty way, Lord. That every lie, every stronghold of the enemy, all the chains would fall off in the name of Jesus right now. Satan, you loose these individuals. Any demonic spirit that has any hold of the minds, of the bodies, of the people that's listening to this broadcast. I command you, Satan, to flee. I command every demonic spirit to flee right now in the name of Jesus. And I loose right now healing body, soul, and spirit right now. And Father God, I pray that your Holy Ghost would just just impregnate them with a vision. Impregnate them with purpose right now in their spirit, man. And I call it forth in the name of Jesus. Come on, stop having the enemy have his way. Get up, get up, get up. Get back up. Oh, I know, life throws some curveballs. Trust me, I know. But you need to get back up. There is no such thing as a hopeless or helpless situation. With God, all things are possible. God is not angry at you. He's he's, he's cheering you on. He's saying, get back up. Don't give in to the thoughts of the enemy. Cast them out. Push them to the side and start filling your mind with God thoughts. And the only way you're going to start filling your mind with God thoughts is start to read and feed on the written word of God. Genesis to Revelation. That's what you need to do. The next passage I want to share with you give you some more spiritual ammunition against the enemy. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. It says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of those in heaven, of those on earth and those under the earth. There is not one area in this entire universe on this earth, even it even covers under the earth, that the name of Jesus doesn't rock the house. Are you hearing me? The name of Jesus is so powerful that the entire universe, the spirit realm, the natural realm, every area of this life is covered and affected when the name of Jesus is spoken in faith. Satan and demonic spirits that they recognize, they recognize the authority that's behind the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? 
It's a sad day when Christians don't even recognize what we have in our possession. It's a sad day when when the enemy has more of a revelation of the power that's in the name of Jesus than we do. We are the body of Christ. Church, I'm calling you to rise up and be bold and start to realize the power that is in the name of Jesus. Sickness, disease, bondage, demons, the devil. Everything must bow. Jesus said, you shall even say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Are you hearing me? There is nothing impossible with God. See, I don't know where you learned that. Where did you learn that? Where did this, ho- this hopelessness come from? Because I'll tell you what, you, that's why the Bible says that we need the faith as a little child. It's interesting how a child, there's, they can just have pure faith. Are you hearing me? Nothing in the way. But it's, it's when we've gotten a little bit older, a little more mature in the worldly view. Are you hearing me? We sit and listen to faithless sermons that's filling our spirit man with a bunch of spiritual crap. And then, on top of that, then we take our experiences, and we take our experiences that we've had in life, and we lift those above what the Word of God says. I'll tell you right now, if you're going to focus on the the negative experiences that you've encountered in life, the enemy's going to kick your butt from now until the day you take your last breath on this earth. And it ought not be that way. Philippians 2, 9 through 10. Satan and demonic spirits hate this scripture because it explains how effectively Christians can enforce the authority that's invested in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me? The name Jesus wasn't thought about or dreamt up in the mind of someone on this earth. It was, it was birthed in the heart of God. So every time you speak the name of Jesus, you are releasing the sound of heaven. Are you hearing me? This passage establishes the supremacy of the supremacy of the name of Jesus. We need to take hold of this. You got to understand this. It's not an option for Satan and demonic spirits to obey when the name of Jesus is spoken. It is a requirement, and they know it. You need to know that when you speak the name of Jesus, something powerful is taking place in the realm of the spirit, in the spirit realm. I once heard of a minister who gave a testimony of a vision that he had of angelic beings bowing down every time the name of Jesus was spoken. The name of Jesus must be spoken verbally, out loud, to be effective against the enemy. Are you hearing me? No, don't stay silent. Now is not the time to stay silent. Lift your voice. Speak it, because that is when you are going to be effective. Jesus said, you shall say unto this mountain. He didn't say, just think about it. He didn't say, meditate on the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain. It's a spiritual law. There's power in our spoken words. Power to bless, power to curse. It's a spiritual law. And you need to speak the word of God verbally. The next passage I want to bring up is 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. See, the word of God is so rich. It's so powerful. 
It's it will change your life if you will let it. Uh, but you know, James, I, I just don't have a desire to read the word. I try opening it and and I fall asleep or I just can't get into it. You know what you got to do in that case? Are you ready for this? You need to force feed yourself the word of God. Just force feed yourself, and it won't be long until you'll feel this hunger. This desire to get into the Word of God more and more, you will you will start to become addicted to the Word of God. I'm telling you the truth. You know, the Bible says Jesus said that we are to make disciples. Do you know the root word of the word disciple is discipline? Discipline. You know what? To be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, it takes discipline. Why? Because you're 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 always going to fight and, and come uh, uh, up against your flesh. Your flesh is enmity against God. It, it it wants nothing to do with God, but your spirit man is saying, "Feed me, feed me the Word of God." Man shall not live by bread alone, Jesus said, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is spiritual food for your spirit. 1 John 3, 8 says this, He who sins, or that literally means who makes a lifestyle of sinning, is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Oh, I love this passage. Satan and demonic spirits, they hate this scripture because it proclaims the eternal victory of Christ over Satan, over the kingdom of the evil one. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, Satan's power over Christians has been shattered. The prison doors have been opened. And my friend, listen to me. If you are a believer, you are a Christian, and you are in bondage, I'm telling you right now, that prison door is open. You're sitting in a cell thinking that you're in prison and in bondage, but while the prison door is opened, you need to get up and you need to do something. You need to speak the word of God. You need to use your authority over them. Get up. It's time for you to get up and walk out of that prison cell. Are you hearing me? Though at times the devil's schemes seem effective, by faith we can claim the ultimate victory over the enemy. Are you hearing me? There is not one area of our life that the death, burial, and resurrection, that salvation through Jesus Christ, there is not one area of our life that salvation does not provide a provision to live victorious on this earth. I say it all the time, the seeker-sensitive movement is, is, is that, listen to me, the seeker-sensitive movement was thought up in the minds, in the fleshly minds of man, not in the heart of God. The seeker-sensitive movement, what is the seeker-sensitive movement? It's a movement where they, that ministers have decided to keep out or take out certain doctrines out of their teachings because they don't want to offend people. Well, I'm telling you right now, that very those very things that you're keeping out is the very power that the Christian needs to live victoriously on this earth. And my friend, if you are a minister, you are a seeker-sensitive preaching minister, you are the reason why many Christians are getting their butts kicked out in on the battlefield right now. Because, friend, you have done nothing more than enlist them into the army of God, you sent them into a battle with no weapons. 
You sent them into the battle without training. You sent them into the battle without equipping them with what they need to complete the mission for their personal lives and for the purpose that Jesus Christ has even put them on this earth. Friend, minister, you need to stop preaching that watered-down gospel. Are you hearing me? Quit thinking that you are a peacemaker by leaving out the Word of God, important points in the Word of God. You're not being a peacemaker. You're compromising with the enemy because the enemy is just loving it. Sure, enlist them in the army. Come on, come on. Enlist them. Get someone to make a quick decision for Christ, and and they think everything's going to be rosy, and just send them out into that battle because I want some fresh prey. That's what Satan and evil spirits are saying. You need to stop preaching that watered-down gospel. You need to get back to your roots and start preaching on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You need to start preaching and teaching on tongues and the importance of it. You need to start preaching the, the principles that are taught in the Word of God. You need to start preaching and teaching on the power of God. Are you hearing me? For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. This verse is dealing with the topic of legal rights. Did you know that that unconfessed sin, continuing to live in sin for the Christian, is a legal right or an open doorway for the enemy to gain entrance into your life? To get a stronghold over you. Did you know that? It's called a legal right. Legally speaking, the Lord Jesus Christ stripped the devil of every legal right that he would claim over mankind. But experientially, we must tap in to that benefit, tap in to those benefits. Are you hearing me? So there's a legal side, and then there's an experiential side. Legally, the provision is there for you. But now you must tap into it by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and in knowing what your benefits are. I'm telling you, you need to rise up. We need to put the enemy to flight, and uh, I'll be back. In a moment. from Clarkston, Michigan, pulling down strongholds, exalting the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about spiritual warfare today. I'm talking about the importance of knowing who you are in Christ. I'm giving you spiritual ammunition for the battle. Before the break, I was talking about how there's a legal side and then there's the experiential side. This, this is a, a topic. This is uh, a truth that many Christians do not understand. They just think, hey, um, salvation settles it all kind of a thing, right? I mean, so I just got to get saved and everything's just going to fall into place. And, uh, 
and that's it. I have nothing to do in the matter. If God wants it, he's just going to do it, right? That is so wrong. That That is so wrong. In fact, I'm going to go as far to say that is a doctrine of, G, of demons. Now, let me say something. What is a doctrine of demons? A doctrine of demons is any teaching that is not in line with the word of God. That's all that the enemy wants. They want you to latch on to teaching and teachings that are not in line with the word of God. That's a doctrine of demons. I mean, a lot of times we say, you know, we just use the big cults, you know, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, and all that. How, oh, yeah, that's a doctrine of demons. Yeah, well, you, guess what? <laughs> there, there's a lot of doctrine of demons that some Christians are holding on to. Are you hearing me? I mean, let's just kill that sacred cow right now. So, here's the truth. Many don't understand. These, there's a legal side. The provision has been made. And then there's the experiential side. Now, how can I say that? Let, let me ask you this. Is it God's will that every person on this earth right now, who's ever been, whoever will be on this earth, is it the will of God for them to be born again and filled with the Holy Ghost? Is it? Of course it is. It's God's will, the Word of God says. It's God's will that none should perish or go to hell and eventually the lake of fire. It's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Right? But guess what? It's not going to happen. So here's my point. Legally, everything that Jesus was ever going to do for every human being that ever was, who is, whoever will be on this earth, Jesus made the provision for every person to tap into his salvation and into his grace. Are you hearing me? But experientially, guess what? There are, there are people who are in hell right now because they never tapped into the provision of salvation, who never tapped into the benefits that are in the Word of God because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Are you hearing me? I, I don't know, I mean, how, how else, that is the best example that I can give. It's not the will of God that any should perish. The Bible says that. Some people believe in that whole predestination thing. Well, God selected who he wants saved and who he wants to go to hell. No, that is totally false. That is wrong. That would violate that other scripture that I just mentioned. That it's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So legally, it's been done experientially, now it's up to man to do something about it. And that goes for that principle, the legal and experientially, that principle is the same for any benefit that is in the written word of God for the Christian. It's not just going to happen. There's something that you and I have to do to put it into motion in our life. Jesus, the Son of God, was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Friend, we as Christians, as the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his mouthpiece on this earth. We need, to do, we need to carry on with that. He legally has done it. Now we have to enforce what he has legally done. Are you following me? To destroy the works of the devil. We need to have that mission. I want you to meditate on that scripture. This is our purpose, to destroy the works of the devil in our life and in the lives of others. That is why we give our lives to preach the word of God, to preach the gospel, the good news. That's what the word gospel means. It means good news, to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We need to pull down these strongholds. We need to know who we are in Christ. Man, I am so passionate about this. We need to have boldness. Listen to this. Boldness is an invitation to the Holy Spirit to have his way through you. Let me say that one more time. Boldness is an invitation. Boldness or fearlessness is an invitation to the Holy Spirit to have his way through you. Timidity, fear, fearlessness, that will stop the flow of the anointing from flowing through you. We need to remove every dam. We need to remove every blockage so that the anointing will freely flow through us. We need to be partakers of everything that Jesus Christ has given his life to give us. We need to rise up. We need to be loud. Are you hearing me? We need to be loud. Detroit, Michigan. I'm going to be in Rochester Hills, Michigan, this Sunday night, March 24th at 7 p.m. Also, I have a special guest who's going to be doing some tag team preaching with me. It's my cousin, Pastor Lee Hotchkiss, powerful man of God. I know you are going to be blessed. You're going to get it from both sides at this revival experience. He's going to bring a powerful word. I'm going to bring a powerful word. And we are going to have praise and worship that's out of this world, literally. I'm believing that room is going to be filled with the glory cloud of God's manifest presence. Are you hearing me? You need to get there. You need a physical healing. You need deliverance. You need, you need a miracle from God. There is no better place to be than Rochester Hills, Michigan at the Concord Inn this Sunday night, March 24th at 7 p.m. It is going to be an atmosphere of miracles. You need to get there. We are just going to have a powerful time. I'm telling you. You will leave that service so fired up. And I believe that there's going to be an impartation, impartation of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are definitely going to flow. No doubt about that. Los Angeles, California area. I'm going to be in Santa Ana at the, con, uh, at the actually uh, Courtyard Marriott by the Santa Ana John Wayne Airport. Sunday morning, April 21st at 9 a.m. Great group of people that have been coming to these meetings out there. You need to get there. This is going to be a powerful time. These revival experiences, the Holy Ghost gave me that name for these meetings. And there's a reason why. Because they are revival experiences. You will come and you will experience revival. He just shows up in a mighty and powerful way. It's going to be awesome. Also, mark your calendars for Saturday night, May 4th, beginning at 6 p.m. Me and Marianne Marsh, awesome woman of God. She has a ministry called Esteem. She is going to be bringing a power-packed Holy Ghost word. She's going to start preaching at 6 p.m., and I'm going to be start preaching at about 8 p.m. that night. But I'm telling you, you need to get there. It, all of the meetings that I do, I'm telling you, is an atmosphere for the impossible, for miracles, signs, and wonders. And you will hear the word of God. You will get a spiritual meal that will just ignite your spirit, man, and make you want to go out and leave those four walls to do what Jesus did. So get to the meeting. I'm telling you, we are going to have an awesome time. Detroit, Los Angeles, Mayville, Michigan, Extreme Glory, Extreme Glory and Fire Conference, Sunday night, May 4th, 6 p.m., Mayville, Michigan, at the Spring of Life Church. It's going to be an awesome night. Body of Christ, I'm telling you right now. Stop running away from the enemy, turn around, and start running after them with the word of God, with the power of God. And let's start doing what Jesus did. I'll be back next time.